I'm going to look back real quick. 2023. Was your 2023 a little crazy? Mine was a little crazy. I made a big mistake. Don't, uh, don't do this part of the message. All right. So me and my wife got a beautiful family. Messed around. We had a baby this year. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Beautiful, beautiful thing. All right. But I kind of messed with the whole situation. You know why? Here, don't do this. Because not only did we get pregnant, have a baby, but at the same time, we decided this would be really, really smart. Let's renovate our entire house. Bruh. Bad, bad, uh, bad, bad decision. So we actually, you know, having a baby, we're not even living in our house. You know, as every renovation goes, it costs more. It takes longer. There's all these things that go on, okay? So then um, it comes to the point of actually having the baby, right? And then I literally transport myself into like a bad late 1990s rom-com. I'm going to be like the, the fake Hispanic Matthew McConaughey. You know what I mean? This is what, this is what happens because it comes the day of the birth, right? We're not in the house and we, it's just like, it's time, it's time. Nobody tells you, you know, the first baby takes a little bit of time. That second baby comes quick. I didn't know it was this quick. So my wife is feeling those labor pains. It's like, let's go. We're literally driving to the hospital. And then she's like, I can't move. I can't walk. I literally can't walk. So I get to the hospital. You know, you have the Stanley Cup because y'all women love these Stanley Cups. So it's like, here's what I found out. You don't need anything to have a baby. The first time we had gift baskets for the nurses. We had all these bags. It's like we're going camping for the day. You know, we have the second baby, we literally pull into the hospital. Literally, my wife's like, I literally can't walk. So I run into the hospital. I grab, I was like, nurse, I need a wheelchair. Grab the wheelchair. Stanley Cup's on the parking lot and that's it. And then I go get my wife. You know, we show up into the labor, literally labor and delivery. They're like, she is nine centimeters dilated. I was like, that makes sense why she couldn't walk. Because I, you know, so literally... Within like an hour or less, we have our beautiful baby girl. Our beautiful baby girl. We absolutely do. Um, God can make something beautiful out of some craziness. He really, really can. So I, I'm so proud of my, this is my second baby girl and my beautiful wife. I need to show you. We took a picture last week during our Christmas services. I, I wanted you to see. So that is my, uh, my beautiful wife. That's Haley. And that's Elle. She's our three-year-old. And our brand new baby. She's only uh, a little over three months. That is Emma right there. Man, I'm glad we did not have her in the parking lot. Uh, that would have been a bad rom-com. So 2023 was a little bit wild, but I love the end of the year. And I want to take y'all there. You know, when I, when I was a younger cat, I used to love like this time in between Christmas and New Year. And I know we're still this way, but I, I used to love going to the mall. Now, now I, I drive by the mall and I see all the cars, and there's a million people there, and I'm like, not today, Satan, not today. We ain't, ain't going to do it anymore. I don't actually like, you know, uh, I love people. All those crowds, it's too much. It's too much for me, so I, I try to avoid it. I got to pick up this, this bottle of water before I, I trip on it. Um, so I'm like, not today, Satan. We ain't going to do that mall. But I used to love it. I used, I used to love the vibe. I used, you know, used to be uh, to go to the mall, maybe get something fresh when I go back to school. You know what I mean? I uh, feel better uh, about my whole uh, outfit situation. You know, when, when you're younger, you're single, you're like, maybe I'll see some cute girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to see and be seen, you know, just being a, a, a young cat, right? Um, but I wanted to share this. There's one thing, and y'all don't judge me, that I, I still actually love when you're, you're shopping at this end of the year moment. Maybe y'all feel me on this. Because not only do I like the vibe, that I love the crowds, I love the energy, but I love those, those red clearance signs. 
I love that 40% off, that 50% off, that 60% off, because that meant your boy, maybe, maybe I can get two items today. Either way, I was going to get a good deal. Even to this day, it's like something about that red sign just draws me in. It does. My wife, when she loves something and it goes on sale, she's like, God is blessing our finances. <laughs> like, like, God is moving right here in this store. Like, I was like, that's not God, baby. That's not God. Uh, that, that, that's just what you want. Um, that's what you want. But, um, no, and it's a joy. Um, it's a, man, it's a joy to get our wives what they want. It, it really, really is. It, it truly, truly is. But let me flip the script on those, on those sell items, you know, and those, those clearance racks. You know, what's actually signaling is that this inventory is no longer valuable. It is no longer contributing to the purpose of this store. If you're in a retail store, if you go to the back, you'll see that there's new inventory for the new season that is deemed more valuable, that will actually accomplish the purpose and mission of the store. And they need to make room for what's new on that sales floor. So then you get this red sign that says, everything must go. Everything must go to make room for what is more valuable, to make room for what is more profitable, to make room which will really contribute and push forward the purpose and mission of that store. Could it be said, though, in 2024, if you have to grow, that something's got to go. It's something got to go. Because I will tell you this, it is God's deep desire for you to grow with him and your relationship with him. And that gets really, really good because the closer you get to him, the closer you get to God's given purpose, your God-given purpose in this world, on this earth, what you were built for, what you were designed for. So it's 2024, Church Unlimited. I know God wants you to grow, so something's got to go. And I'm going to ask for God to move. We're going to do some work in this place. Because I honestly believe this can be a catalyst. We can't do all the work right now in the next couple of minutes. But this can be a catalyst. This can be a spark. This can be a first step. This can make 2024 different. And I know God wants you to grow. Check this out in Ephesians. It says, now these are the gifts God gave to the church, Christ gave to the church. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, you, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, check this out, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It goes on, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching on TikTok. It doesn't say TikTok. Is that we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever, they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. And check this out. Growing 
in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. God's desire for you in 2024 is to grow, to grow closer, not only to him, but to your God-given purpose. So I'm going to ask it again. If it's God's intention for you to grow in 2024, what's got to go so that you can grow? The truth of the matter is, church, we can actually remain in spiritual infancy for years. You can be attending church for years and remain a spiritual infant. Because to actually grow, let me tell you, church, it's not automatic. It's not automatic. It actually takes intentional commitment. Intentional commitment. In fact, your commitment will shape your life. I got good news and I got bad news. Your commitments define you. They will develop you. Your commitments can also destroy you. You become, and this is point one, you become whatever you are committed to. If you look back at 2023, what could it be said? Men, women, young people, what could it be said that you are committed to? But for real, like let's be real in here. We're not going to play. We're going to do some work. What would your spouse say you're really committed to? What would your bank account say that you're committed to? What would that screen time say that you are committed to? What would your actions say that you are committed to? Because a lot of those things can be good. You you sports can be an amazing thing, beautiful thing. Develop young men and young women. It's a beautiful thing. Social media can be a good thing. However, if we look at your table of your commitments, church, I just want to ask this question. There's going to be beautiful things. But does God have a place at the table of your commitments? Because so many times we're doing all of these things, but we keep God out of our equation. We fail to give God a priority, a priority position in our lives. But we become whatever we are committed to. So how do I grow Christ-like if God doesn't have a place at my table? How is that supposed to happen? Guess what? It's not going to happen. I got breaking news. I don't think the devil will actually mind you sitting in this church service. The devil will be like, we're straight. Just don't apply his word to your life. We'll be good. Oh, you can even, you can even sign up for a life group. Just don't be fully committed. Oh, you, you can sign up to, to, to volunteer, serve. Just don't be fully committed. We'll be straight. 2023, we can press repeat and redo that, run that back for 2024. You see, the devil, but he plays dirty. He plays dirty. Because not only does he want to run back some of those things, like that lack of commitment, but he would also tell you this. He's like, oh, that dysfunctional relationship, make sure you keep that. Make sure you keep that. That unforgiveness you have for that family member, that bitterness and anger you have for that family, make sure you keep that too. That'll make sure we stay right where we are for 2024. That mindset, you not understanding that, oh, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is in you and he wants to make you a new creation. 
but that mindset that doesn't allow you to believe in yourself, make sure you keep that too. The devil wants to make sure all that negativity, all that anger, all that bitterness, oh, you judging all the other parents at school, make sure you do that too. Because as long as we bring all of that stuff, then you're not going to have a spirit of repentance, which means to change. And that's exactly where the devil wants to keep you. We do not change because a 23 changes to a 24. I will tell you, we become whatever we are committed to. So Church Unlimited, what are you going to truly be committed to in 2024? I'm asking you to do some work out of love. I really feel like I want to fight for you. Will you fight with me in this moment? Church Unlimited Online, wherever you may be. Because I believe God is going to speak to you in this moment. Because in 2024, if you got to grow, something's got to go. What may it be? You see, getting closer to Jesus, this is point two, and your God-given purpose always begins. It begins with you. It begins with an intentional, personal decision. It begins with an intentional, personal decision. And I want you to take this seriously because I told you just a moment ago, the devil plays dirty. And what's funny is the devil, sometimes we see these big things and we experience crisis and we experience trauma and negative things happen to us. But you know what? Because he plays so dirty, church, sometimes he'll use the small things. Oh, it's that little comment on social media that's, that you didn't know how to take. Oh, it's that tone of voice that that person used with you, that they came at you in the wrong way. The smallest thing, what somebody did at work, what somebody said, sometimes something you even create in your own mind, but it's subtly, and God will use that, and we got to be careful because then the devil will lie, and he will make you believe. It says this in John 10, He's a thief, guys. And this, this is what it says. It says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants your heart. He wants your mind. He wants you to actually believe the lies. But your creator says this. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. For those who accepted Jesus Christ, you have that power. And this could be, I need to give you this verse, and I really felt this could be somebody's mantra. This could be your verse of the year. This could be the thing that you keep in front of you. Because this is what the God says. This is what God says that you have. It says this in 2 Timothy. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. So as you think about what's got to go, I need you to embrace that. I need to embrace that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity because for you to grow, you will need the rest of this verse. But he says he's given you this. But he's given you power. But he has given you love. And he has given you self-discipline. I don't know about you, but I need all of that. And that's what God says if you will embrace that promise. If you will ingrain that into your spirit. Because I will not sit here and preach with fear or timidity. If my job is to equip you, the church, to experience God's best, you can be a kingdom changer. There could be lives in heaven because of you. So I pray that we would act with power because of what God's word says. That you would act with great love. And that we could act with self-discipline. Not because of who I am or what my past has shown, but because of the Jesus inside of me. Yes. 
Could we embrace that? But church, it's gonna be a fight. I didn't always realize that. I needed to realize that, that I needed to be equipped because the devil doesn't want me to grow. He wants you to remain in that unforgiveness, in that bitterness, in that darkness. He wants that negativity to play in my mind over and over and over. He wants me to stay in that dysfunctional relationship. He doesn't want me to grow closer to Jesus. He does not want me to believe in myself. It's hard to do things for God when you do not believe in yourself. So it is vital, it is vital that we equip ourselves. It says this in Ephesians. It says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, in his mighty power. That's why it's so important to grow. It says put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. It made me think, I, I'm a big sports fan, and I even watch boxing. I remember watching Oscar De La Hoya towards the end of his boxing career. He didn't train as much. He didn't equip it as much. He would tell you so. And when you become a fighter that's not equipped, you begin taking hits, and you, you lack the ability to throw punches back, and life hits you. And you almost don't know how to guard yourself. And life hits you, and life hits you, and life hits you. And sometimes, to be honest, guys, it's not, it's not even the devil. Sometimes it's our own decisions. And there was a time where I was far from God. And as a young adult, I would choose not to attend the church. And you become disconnected from the things of God. You become disconnected from prayer. You, you become disconnected from his word. So you don't understand his promises. You don't know what he, he says about you. It's a dangerous proposition because when I did that, I ended up having all the promise and God had blessed me. And I'm sitting down because I, I ended up in a place in my life outside of my apartment complex. The truth is when I look back, I had so much to look forward to. I had everything ahead of me. I just finished a master's degree. I had so much to be proud of. But instead, being far from the things of God, I sat in my apartment complex and I felt lost. And I felt broken. And I was lacking hope. So much so that as I sat on that staircase, I began to tremble. And, and so much so that I was embarrassed. And so I went to the, the staircase in the back because I didn't want you or anybody to see me. I didn't realize that I would have to deal with anxiety. I didn't know anything about anxiety. We didn't really talk about that. And that would be the first panic attack that I would ever have. That trembling, I know now, that trembling would lead me back to God. I did not know this, and I really felt led to tell you this. When God, when God that knows, when he knows that you're in the traffic 
of life. He will get your attention by any means necessary. And I need a storm in your life, church. It can actually be God's kindness because it allows you a way out. The things that I hate the most, that I hated the most, God has used the most powerfully in my life. God can bloom, some, can bloom something incredibly beautiful out of the dirt or what you presume to be the dirt of your life. The truth is, I, I may have left him. Church, he never left me. He never left me. I did not know when I was literally trembling, having a panic attack on those apartment stairs. You're like grasping for the things of God, but you're so distant. I wish I would have grabbed onto this verse, and I need, to, I need to give it to you, and I pray that you embrace it. It's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Because I wasn't doing this on the way to trembling. I believe it would have changed, and know it would have changed everything. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, don't worry about anything. That's hard to do. But instead, it says, pray about everything. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. To pray, to pray, to pray, and to give thanks for all he has done. Because the devil will lie. In that moment, on that apartment complex, I was thinking about everything that I did not have and everything that I was not. Because I promise you, you have breath right now. You have a brand new year in front of you. You have the ability to sit here. You have special gifts that literally God and talents that were literally given to you to execute and to utilize here on this earth. But the devil will have you look at everything that you are not. So I'm telling you, pray. And I hope in this moment you will give thanks. You will give thanks because you pray and you praise and you give thanks. Then you activate the things of God. You see, the verse says, because I promise you, the devil doesn't want to think that you have something to be grateful for in this moment. And what I'm telling you is that you do. Because now the older I get, I'm just thankful that I have life. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful I got a roof over my head. I'm thankful I got food. And I don't care how big or how small, because this is my purpose. It's in front of you. But holding my baby, Emma, that's my purpose too. And I don't need a stage. We don't need lights. All I want, God, what is your will for my life? Let me step into that. So I pray you will say that. God, what is, my, what is your will for my life? Because I want to grow in 2024, grow closer to you. What is it? And I need to like get rid of what Dante wants. Not about me. God is my creator. It's about him. It's about him. You get prayer, you get praise. I want to go back to this. It says, and then, then you will experience God's peace, 
Because sometimes you say, well, how in the world can I experience God's peace? I got so much going on. Well, God doesn't worry. This is spiritual stuff. This isn't about what I can see or understand as a human. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. You see, guys, you need to hear, because it's an inside job. I always want to change the, I want to change my situation. I want to change all these things. God says, no, I want to change you. I just need your heart, your soul, and your mind. And I will change how you perceive things. I will change how you look at things. I will change how you respond to things. Man, that person that you do, that person that you are angry and bitter towards, you actually have the power with God to forgive them. And someone needs to hear that. Someone needs to make a decision right now. I'm going to forgive them because that's got to go. Because you keep that, you're not going to grow. Because that stuff is not of God. If it's not of God, then you can throw it out. You got full authority to throw that out. Because then it says his peace will then guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. As you live in Christ Jesus. You see your spiritual growth this final point that I want to share. Your spiritual growth will be a beautiful collaboration with God. If you choose to let him in, if you give him a place at the table of your commitments, it says, it doesn't say, it says, it says his peace will guard your heart and your mind. It doesn't say my willpower. It says his peace will guard your heart and mind. You see, we are designed. We are designed to fully depend on him, church. It's God who said, oh, I knew you. I knew you in your, in your mother's womb. I'm your creator. I'm your designer. I have a plan specifically for you, a hope, a future. That's what God says about you. That's what God says about us. But church, you can only defeat what you define. So to grow in 2024, what's got to go? What's got to go so that you can grow, so that you can experience God's best, so you could experience a new power through Jesus inside of you, so you could experience love and the ability and power to love and serve others. Guys, there's nothing more beautiful than the gift to love, Amen. the gift to love. I didn't know the most beautiful moments of my life would be laying next to a crib and holding on to my daughter's hands. Sometimes as men, we got it twisted. We're thinking about a, a whole other things. And we got this ambition and, the, and this pride and this ego and all these things we want to accomplish. I'm not saying it's all bad, but to love and to serve one another. Those are the greatest commandments, by the way. So what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind, and you'll love your neighbor like yourself. Oh, that'll fill you up like you don't even know. 
like you don't even know. And I'm just, I don't got some fancy spiritual move, but I would tell you this, pray and surrender. I had to come to the point where I said, I am not enough, God. As a young man, you want to be strong. You want to be enough. You want to do it within your own power. But the more mature I become, the weaker I naturally know that I am. And that I need to rely on his strength, also biblical. He will be my strength and my weakness. That I realize that God wants the most humble version of ourselves. He wants, that, he wants that humble version that says, I, I can't do it, God. And I give it to you. I need your help in my marriage. I can't be fighting like this every single night. It's got to go. So reach out to a church. Reach out to counselors. The anxiety may have to go. Because if you pray and you surrender, I promise God will answer. Maybe it's a therapist. The spiritual infancy has to go. Maybe God will lead you to join a life group, start a Bible plan. Maybe for you it's like, this hurts. It's got to go. This feeling of brokenness has got to go. So maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's self-discipline and a lack of self-discipline. Maybe it's the accountability of a trusted friend. But it takes admitting. It takes surrender. It takes your humility. Say, I am not enough. And you're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be. So church, I'm going to ask you one more time. I know that it's God's great desire for you to grow. So God, I'm asking for your presence in all locations and in the front row to the back row, Church Limited Online. Lord, speak to us. We desire to be closer to you. So what's got to go? And for those of you that I don't know this Jesus, you speak about power and love and self-discipline. I want that. I want someone to pray to. I want wisdom. I want counsel. I want comfort. I want love. That's all the things of God. For he is love. I got really good news. You see, in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world. That's you. For he gave his one and only son, that whoever believeth in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That God sent Jesus to live a sinless life here on earth, and it was a rescue mission for all of us that he would literally live a sinless life to only die on a cross, but to die for us so that we could experience forgiveness of our sins and we could experience salvation 
a life with Jesus, an eternity here on earth. That's scripture. That's the gift that God wants for all of us. It says so. Even in Romans, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. If you said, I've never accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, really made him my Lord and made, made him my Savior, we want to give you that moment right now. There's no better way to live a life. There's no better way to start a brand new year. The greatest decision you can make, and we're going to give you that opportunity literally right now. Across all locations, I'm going to ask that you please bow your head and please close your eyes. And we're going to give everyone the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ into their heart. If you've said this prayer before, I've still asked that you would repeat it for those who are repeating it, who are saying it for the very first time. It's the most important moment of this service. Please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you paid the price for my sins. And I believe you rose three days later, proving that you are God. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Across all of our locations, I'm going to ask that you please continue to bow your heads and please continue to close your eyes. We want to celebrate the decision. We want to know about the decisions that people have made to ask Jesus Christ into their heart. So I'm going to count to three here in just a moment. And as I say three, if you just said that prayer for the very first time, asking Jesus Christ into your heart, making the greatest decision that you will ever make, I want to kindly ask you to please raise your hand. One, I know God loves you. Two, be courageous. Three, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand wherever you may be across all of our locations. We see the hands to our right. We see the hands in the back across all locations. If you're a church limit online, please click hand raised or put hand raised in the comment section. Please keep those hands up as we celebrate you. We celebrate far more than a brand new year. Uh, a brand new year. We celebrate your decision, your life with Jesus. And you are a new creation. You begin a relationship with him and you get the gift of heaven. Thank you across all of our locations for those hands that are raised. We see them. We thank you. Our church loves you. More importantly, God loves you. May I say a prayer blessing over you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. May we take your word and put our faith into action. I pray that you move like never before in 2024. I pray that our church will give you the head seat at the table of their commitments. Thank you for how you have spoken to us, Lord. We give you praise and we thank you. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Let's give it up for our Lord Jesus.